How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for healthcare professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. Welcome to the Mea Culpa series of this podcast. In this particular podcast series, I'm going to be interviewing uh, friends, families, colleagues to uh, share with you, the audience, the different mistakes that have been done uh, in their personal lives. And when I mean mistakes, I'm talking about financial mistakes, of course. The goals of these um, Mea Culpa series is really to give the audience uh, a sense of what real life uh, financial mistakes people have been doing. So I'm hoping that you enjoy this series of podcasts uh, and learn from um, other people's mistakes like uh, we would do in uh, mortality and morbidity rounds uh, in medicine. So I guess this is uh, something similar. Today we have a new guest with us and uh, let me introduce her to you. Welcome Cindy to the show. Um, I'm very excited to have you here today. Uh, Cindy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm Cindy. I've been a nurse for two years working as an emergency nurse and I currently work with Boo. So thank you very much. Uh, what uh, financial challenges or financial uh, mistakes that uh, you would like to share with us today? Um, one financial mistake that I would like to share today is understanding why I spend money on specific things and how it affects me because sometimes it might not be the right decision. Okay, uh, tell me what you mean. Is it because um, you think you're spending uh, money on things that you shouldn't be? Or is it because uh, you're spending on uh, things that are too expensive? or you shouldn't be spending? Um, w what do you think the, the thing that you're doing that you would like to see changed? From my end, I notice that I spend things on things that I don't necessarily need, but it makes me feel a certain way. So I'm trying to notice those little trends in my life and kind of wanting to make a change in that aspect. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know what? This is a very common thing that we all do, I, I guess. Uh, even uh, myself, I like to spend money. Um, and spend things on maybe things that uh, I don't really need at all. Um, and But I, I do sometimes feel bad about it and sometimes I don't. Uh, but in your situation, like you just uh, fairly new and just graduated. Uh, and so why do you think um, you're doing this? Is this something that you've been doing uh, your entire life or this just happened after you've graduated and started making an income? I feel like once I started getting a job, it's something very, very fresh and something very new for me. Um, once you see like a big, large money, you want to spend it. You want to do things when you're young. And that's where I started noticing my trends of spending. I wanted to travel. I wanted to buy things. And it kind of got out of control in some months. And I kind of realized in that aspect. So obviously, um, spending money uh, on things that you don't need is... Uh, probably not a good thing, but um, from your perspective, why do you worry about that um, at, at this stage now? Why do I worry about it in this stage is because 
it, it's something that can't really last forever. And it kind of hit to me that I kind of want to change these patterns and trends on like my spending habits, because in the long run, I do want to save and I want long-term goals of something I want, like a home or like something property or something like a bigger asset in something in comparison to a shorter term um, gratification. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think uh, when we graduate uh, and we come into a certain amount of income, uh, we feel like it's time to liberate ourselves because we've just uh, suffered so long through university and through studying and we've delayed gratification for so long that once we start working and making an income, we feel that it's time to reward ourselves. Uh, and so the um, the the effect of the delayed gratification all of a sudden is uh, removed and we feel like we are entitled to spend the money because we've suffered so long. And so this is definitely one uh, psychology that comes into play uh, on this. Uh, the question I have for you is, uh, do you do a budget uh, and look at your uh, income and your expenses every month? Not really. I kind of just look at my credit card statement and see what I spent. I try not to spend as much as I intended to, but if there's some things I want, I do spend it. I don't hold back as much. But other than that, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a huge spender. I like to splurge on things that are necessary and sometimes things that I want. No, I, I get you. I I don't like doing a budget either. I mean, as much as I like to talk about finance, I hate doing budgeting uh, because it's time consuming. And to be honest, it's not something that I've learned uh, in doing throughout my entire uh, training as a physician. Um, but, you know, we could always do a very simple budgeting, uh, what I call real life budgeting. Uh, that, those are my own terms there. Um, so what I typically would look at is you know, what are my uh, expenses? Um, and so I would, you know, take the big things, uh, not the small things. Uh, I would look at, you know, my uh, rent uh, or my mortgage. In my case, uh, we could look at, you know, food, all types of food. Uh, and we can separate food into, you know, what is needed and what is uh, a want. Uh, we could look at, you know, restaurants. Uh, we can look at entertainment. Uh, we can look at, you know, if it's uh, something like vices, for example, uh, smoking, cigarettes, um, alcohol, uh, and look at what are those big expenses. Some people don't really th think of it as an as a important expense, but it's important. Uh, so we look at, you know, internet bills, uh, TV bills, phone bills, cell phone bills. Uh, very quickly, those type of expenses can creep up. Um, and when I talk about internet bills, you know, I have a Netflix uh, subscription, but sometimes, you know, we can get Hulu and we get Disney Plus uh, and then we get Crave and then so all of a sudden we add on HBO and, uh, you know, all these type of uh, internet bills uh, balloon and we don't even realize it. I mostly keep track of most of the things on my credit card bill, but are, there are some things that I don't. For example, little things that kind of add up is reloading my Starbucks card, getting that coffee every day for work. That kind of adds up a little bit. And for me, it's like, okay, I need it. I need the caffeine. And I'm just like, okay, I just need to reload my card. And sometimes you don't realize on your bill for that. Um, other things such as Apple Music, Netflix, those are such small values. I don't really notice those fees as well. 
So when you purchase things on your credit card or even by cash, do you think about, you know, what is a want and what is a need? Or do you just purchase it and don't keep that concept in mind? Um, so before this, I've always knew the concept of a want and a need. But sometimes my emotion gets in the way of what I want and what I actually need. For example, if I'm shopping, sometimes you see a really cute dress and you just really want it. But do you actually need it? So sometimes you want that trend or you want that item for a specific season. And sometimes that season dies and in the end you don't really need it. You familiar with the concept of uh, financing for everything that we buy? The concept of we finance everything that we buy uh, takes into account the concept of uh, time value of money and the concept of uh, compounded interest. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. So if you were to buy, let's say a pair of shoes, you really want to buy a pair of shoes that is in season, that is in trend right now. And that $50 that you're going to spend, and let's assume that you're going to buy it either through credit card or through cash, you spend that $50. Once you spend that $50, uh, that $50 is no longer uh, in your possession to use. And so if you wanted to uh, use that money for future retirement or future use, then you no longer have $50 to invest or to save. So if I assume that I'm taking that $50 to save into a product that would give me, uh, as an example, 5%. So had I been able to keep that $50 and save that money in a vehicle that will give me 5% year after year, if I did that for the next, uh, let's say, 40 years because you're young and you still have 40 years to go, before your retirement at the age of, let's say, 65. Well, had I been able to invest that money, uh, that $50 at 5% every year for the next 40 years, you can imagine the amount of money that could um, give. And so that $50 that you spend currently on that pair of shoes is actually not $50. It's actually spending the future value of that money. So I'm going to give you an example what that translates to. So using a, a growth calculator that you can find on the web anywhere, uh, $50 uh, saved uh, in a product that gives you 5% over the next 40 years, the value of that shoe in 40 years or the value of that $50 is now $352. And so essentially by spending $50 today, you are spending $352 of future value. And so the question is, if I'm gonna spend that amount of money, what do I value that uh, asset right now? If, if that shoe gives me extreme pleasure for one evening because I'm gonna look really beautiful in those shoes and that's of value to you, then it's worth spending that $352 of your future money. But if you think that yeah, uh, uh, those shoes are going to be worn a few times and then next season it won't be in trend anymore. Uh, and so would that still be valuable for me to spend that $352? Whereas right now you're thinking I'm only spending $50. And so in, in purchasing different assets, uh, that's what how we have to think about it because 
we finance everything that we buy, whether we finance it in cash or we finance it in credit. Yeah, Vu. Um, from what I can see here, back in the day, I would love to get bags. I would follow the trends. I would want expensive bags. Keep on getting them. It makes me feel a certain way. But then, to that point of extent, it was just a repeat of emotions and everything. And I kind of stopped and realized that I don't really need those things in my life at the moment. And it made me realize that I could be spending that money on different things that mattered and valued to me a little bit more. For me, things that value to me mostly is things that I could experience with my friends and family, such as going on vacation, being things that are more in the moment, going out to dinner. Um, not material things. Um, instead, I could be able to like rewind and look back on like, okay, I remember this moment. It made me feel a certain way, and I feel like that's something that I value at this moment in time. The concept of you know keeping up with the Joneses uh, is uh, very important. Uh, we tend to buy a lot of things um, that try to keep up with our friends or with our peers. Uh, because we want to ap appear like them and we want to belong. Uh, and eventually life creep gets in the way and we buy and, buy, buy and buy more things that we don't necessarily need, but we do it just to keep up with the Joneses. And it sounds to me like at the current moment, you've changed that mentality and you're more into uh, experiential uh, assets and memories and, and enjoying life as opposed to more material assets. Uninterrupted compounded interest is probably one of the first basic, uh, basic financial concepts that we should all know about uh, because it is a really powerful tool. So in the example that I gave you earlier with the $50 and the 5% um, the interest. So if I apply 5% interest on that $50 in the first year, then it's $5.25. The next year, it's 5% not on the $50, but it's 5% on the $5.25. So over the years, as you can see, that it just compounds higher and higher. And so the growth is not linear. The growth is exponential, which drives to two points, really. One is the point that if you save early, so at an earlier age, you allow time to actually build the wealth for you. Because the more time you, you have in that interest vehicle, the more you can compound. But also the reverse is true in the sense that whatever you spend now, you forego that growth in the future. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you say. Being in the healthcare profession, we don't really realize or understand anything in the business aspect of understanding your money. So I feel like I do have a little bit of a gap in handling my money for sure. And Back in school, I didn't understand or learn about this concept as well. So knowing about it and being more aware about it of handling my money is a good way to start and kind of knowing how to exponentially grow your money and assets. You, you know, you understand the, the um, concept of uninterrupted compounded interest and exponentially grow your money. Um, but to do that, uh, you need to have money set aside to allow it to grow which I called your army of dollar bills. And so right now, um, do you have money set aside 
uh, to save. Yes, um, at the end of the month, from each paycheck, I do set aside some money and save. Um, is that money uh, always consistent and always what you expect it to be? Or sometimes every month you, or some month, you don't have money to save? Um, I think it really depends on the month-to-month basis. If I'm traveling, there are more expenses. Or if I'm eating out more at a restaurant, or if I'm treating my family or friends, the bill does go a little bit higher. So sometimes I save more, sometimes I say less. So it's really inconsistent on that kind of basis. By using this strategy, uh, you're paying someone else first. So when you're going to the restaurant, you're paying the restaurateur first. And so how about thinking about it from the other way, paying yourself first? So how would you do that? So every month when their monthly income comes in, you would pay yourself first. So instead of having a leftover at the at the end of the month, you would say to yourself, well, I'm going to reserve 20 or 20% or 10% or 5%, whatever that number is comfortable with you, you take that number and you'd say, I would reserve that first. So as an example, if I have a $100 monthly income, then I want to reserve, let's say 20%. So I would take $20 out of that $100 and put it in a savings vehicles. But the point is you take a certain percentage and you put that aside. What that means is out of that $100, you've taken automatically that $20 and put it aside. It now leaves you with $80 to spend as opposed to leaving you with $100 to spend. Oh yeah, that definitely makes more sense in that way. And I can really see how I can reduce my spending now. After spending, after paying myself first, I can now really critically evaluate what I can spend and not spend and having like an easier time thinking about what is a need or what is a want in my life currently. And you can absolutely automate uh, paying yourself first. So when your paycheck comes in, you ask your bank, to automatically set that percentage aside and put it in a investment account, in a mutual fund, in a GIC, whatever fits your investment and saving philosophy. But the point is to take that money right off the top and to take it automatically so that you don't have to think about it month to month. Yeah, I definitely get where you're going and it makes a little bit more sense now. And so it, it Sounds to me like you're uh, on your way to uh, proper financial security. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming on the show and sharing your personal experience with us. Thank you so much for having me. I just hope that this was helpful in my perspective on how learning could be applied for everyone else. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.